hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. You've heard us gripe about how our LGBTQ plus media focuses on the three P's, politics, pop culture, and the other big P, eggplant. (laughs) And there's a good chance that some of you have rolled your eyes and thought, there they go again, being all judgy bitches. But our frustration isn't that we don't also like the three P's, but that LGBTQ plus haters are playing a better civil rights game than we are. And we're losing, slowly losing our civil rights. This is episode 386 of the Queer Money Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about donor-advised funds and how they specifically are being used against LGBTQ people and causes and how the queer community needs to respond to this. Let's get on with this important show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. So if you've watched our Instagram feed, you probably saw a couple of weeks ago, John posted about a story about us recording this episode. And yes, John and I believe this is probably one of the most important episodes the Queer Money podcast has had and maybe will ever have. It's a very eye-opening topic for John and me, and it's very eye-opening for us about our community. I want to ask you a question, though, although we don't advocate war, if you knew that two countries were going to go to war and one had the weapons, whether that's swords and spears, planes and missiles or nuclear bombs, and the other country had absolutely nothing, which country do you think would win? I think it's pretty easy. We we all know which one would win. And what we're going to be talking about today is showing how the LGBT community right now is the country without any weapons. And we are losing a war that we have been fighting for a long time, but especially we are losing the war right now. And that's why this episode is so important to us. Yeah, exactly. This is a heavy topic. And we're going to caveat that this is one of our more lengthy episodes. We tried not to have our podcast be too lengthy too often. But unfortunately, I think the nature of this topic and the, the gravity of the topic warrants it. We want to be as thorough as possible here. So several months ago, last summer, we had a podcast guest on, a financial advisor who is a member of the queer community. And they introduced us to this investment tool that we had tangentially been aware of, but we hadn't actually researched and, and, and done a whole lot of homework on. And we did not know until the last several months how they are being utilized as weapons against the LGBTQ community. So we've been researching these investment tools that we're going to talk about here in a moment, and then how they're they're being used against the community. Yeah. And, and one of the interesting things is when we started doing some research, of course, John and I also kind of sometimes overlap our research and our entertainment. And so we ended up going down a, a YouTube algorithm hole. <laughs> and YouTube suggested that we watch a certain ads or videos that were about 
ads during the most important football game of the year <laughs> because we can't say the name of that because legally we're not allowed to. I think you all know which one we're talking about. But there were specific ads that ran during that big game. And we were actually surprised to find out where the funding came from for those ads. And it's interesting because this is where we connected this with our guest from last year and the information they had brought to our attention. So what this really comes down to is that we are looking to build a tool that addresses the fact that the study that we did with The Motley Fool highlighted or showed that 48% of LGBT folks feel like they've been discriminated against in financial services. And this tool and this project has now exploded into something that we think, think is even more important because of what we saw when we investigated where the money came for those commercials. And if you're not familiar, we're talking about Jesus He's a cool guy kind of commercials, right? You may have remember you might might remember those commercials. So where does the money come from? Or where did the money come from for those commercials that not only ran during that big game, have run on television since, and have been running all over social media to try to attract people to a specific website to show how they can connect with this really cool guy, Jesus. Yeah. So the investment tool that's being used, so we can kind of go into a rabbit hole of endowment funds, different kind of charitable accounts, seemingly shell operations. So I think they, these people who are funding these kinds of campaigns know what they're doing, right? They know that a lot of the society in general, not just the LGBTQ community, but a lot of society in general has an aversion to certain religious beliefs, especially those being broadcasted in the public sphere, especially when we're constantly being told, you know, keep your private life private, right? So the primary account that these companies are using are what's called a donor advised fund or DAF for short. I will probably throughout this episode make the mistake of saying it ADF for Anadelvi Foundation, <laughs> but they are actually DAF's donor advised fund. And donor advised fund is like a charitable investment account for the sole purpose of supporting charitable organizations that you care about. Generally, they're separated. Uh, they're separately identified funds or accounts maintained and operated by a 501c3 called a sponsoring organization. That all sounds wonderful. Nothing yeah. nefarious there yet, right? Right. So how do these work? How do donor advised funds work? Well, someone, typically individuals who have a significant amount of money, but not everyone. Sometimes you may see there are opportunities to make contributions or donations into these funds as little as a thousand or five thousand dollars. But basically what happens is someone makes a taxable deduction donation into this fund that is set up on their behalf or set up on a larger scale on behalf of a particular cause. And they might put in things like cash or maybe they contribute publicly traded stocks that they want to gift or maybe they're, they're using this as a way to divest themselves of some assets that are a little bit harder to sell on the open market like restricted stock or maybe individuals are donating portions of a corporation that they owned, maybe even a business that they themselves have started but want that business continue to run and no longer want to be a part of the business itself, but are wanting the profits to go somewhere else. Another example might be crypto. And these are typically individuals giving large sums of money or large potential sums of money to these donation pools. Yeah, that's one of the, the benefits of these accounts is that you know, there are you know, restricted stocks. 
shares in S corps and C corps are somewhat hard. They're not terribly liquid on private equity and hedge fund interest. Those are hard to sell in the open market. So that's one of the benefits of these donor advised funds. It's, it gives a great place for the people who own these types of investments to donate this money. Then they get a, you know, a tax write-off if they're itemizing their taxes. The other thing about this is that this is a one way for some people to skirt having to sell these and pay massive amounts of taxes. So they may have some asset that they bought early on, or they've acquired somehow, or they've inherited, and it's worth a lot of money. And they know that if they sell it, they would have a huge tax bill and they don't necessarily need the money. So instead of selling it and having a huge tax bill, you make this donation, right? They make a donation. And as we said, so the, it earns them a tax deduction. As soon as you make the contribution into this account, you're eligible for an immediate tax deduction. Same as with donating to any sort of public charity. If you're donating cash, it's generally eligible for an income tax deduction of up to 60% of your AGI or adjusted gross income that we've talked about on previous episodes. And then there are other benefits for long-term appreciated assets. So it's really a great way to offset some tax liability that especially if you're in the wealthier classes, you have a risk of dealing with. Yeah. So one of the things that's important about these donor advice funds is that they allow the assets that have been given to this account to grow very much like a Roth or a traditional IRA does, that while they're growing, there are no taxes paid on that. So someone donates a thousand shares of Apple that's worth $150,000 because they don't want the tax liability, but the account continues to own those Apple shares. It gets the distributions, it gets the growth, and it never has to pay any taxes on it. And the nice thing is, is these accounts are then used to funnel money into charities that people love. Oftentimes, when people set these donor-advised funds up, they set them up with a specific theme in mind. Objective. Right. Diff, diff, right. So they may be donating specifically to a charity. Maybe it's an animal charity. Maybe it's a, a religious organization. Maybe it's a school in Nicaragua, something like that. So, And to be clear, there are several, a whole bunch of um, LGBTQ-focused donor advice funds. Right. So these are definitely great products to to use right. for it's, great causes. It sounds great. It, they, they sound perfect. And, the, and for the vast majority of us, we would love to have the money to be able to put into these, right? But it gets nefarious. So back to that super gigantic, fabulous football game that Rihanna let us all know that she's pregnant. <laughs> Maybe we should just call it the Rihanna concert. Yes. <laughs> Rihanna concert. The game that was played around was, the in the middle of the Rihanna book concert. Bookended by a, some sort of game. <laughs> During the Rihanna concert, you probably saw these advertisements. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ plus community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. About this hippie Jesus, right? He loves everybody. He welcomes everybody, regardless of your skin color or your race or your creed, your background, what country of origin. 
you know, he just wants to welcome everybody and he wants to get to know you. The campaign was called He Gets Us. It sounded like a really cool, wonderful guy. He's probably a type of Jesus most of us could get behind. And he's actually the type of Jesus that most of us wish most Christians were. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so David and I found ourselves in this rabbit hole on YouTube one day, and we saw this in hindsight, brilliantly put together video by Rebecca Watson on her YouTube channel. And she describes the hegetsus.com campaign as funded by a shadowy group of Christian billionaires. So this piqued our interest. And so from her research, she has found that this is funded by an anonymous group of Christian billionaires from the faith-based nonprofit, The Servant Foundation, which started out with this campaign with about $10 million to get the campaign started and started out in about 10 markets. And then it grew and grew. And then they advertised it during the Rihanna concert. And then they've now you start to see them popping up everywhere. So not too bad. No. So let's dig a little deeper. What is the Servant Foundation? Well, the Servant Foundation is an endowment or a fund with the sole purpose of taking care of money and property that have been dedicated or donated to specific beneficiaries of the Methodist Church, the Church of the Servant with branches in Oklahoma, Missouri, and other locations across the country. Again, doesn't sound that bad, right? Well, Church of the Servant is actually a doing business as arm of the signatory. The signatory is signatory. a signatory? signatory, signatory, there we go. The Signatory is a donor-advised fund dedicated to spreading evangelical Christianity. The you su- can hold your nose and say, all together, not horrible yet, right? Right. right. We're going, going further down the rabbit hole here. The Southern Poverty Law Center found that these donor-advised funds specifically are designed to push extremism and misinformation to the mainstream by becoming the dark money ATM of the conservative movement per mother Jones and per Rebecca Watson. Yeah. So So, we're one, one or two levels down. Yeah. So per the signatory website in 2020, it donated $19 million in 2019 to the Alliance defending freedom fund which is, and here's where it starts to get really, really bad, which is an anti-LGBTQ hate group that wrote the model for the Mississippi's abortion ban per religious dispatchers, per Rebecca Watson. And it's kind of hard to identify who all of the billionaires, maybe even some millionaires who are donating to this fund, because these are layers and layers deep, and they try to remain as anonymous as possible. Remember the shell companies. There's a whole purpose in why they call them a shell company. They're always telling us (laughs) to keep our private lives private, right? But they want to be able to scream about Jesus from the rooftops. So it's hard to identify all these people, but Rebecca Watson is an amazing investigative reporter, even though she's not, but she's great. (laughs) (laughs) And she found out that one of the billionaires who are donating to the signatory is David Green, the founder of everybody's favorite Hobby Lobby. (laughs) Right. So per Christianity Today, any church that signs up to answer phone calls for this He Gets Us campaign can basically do what they want when someone calls or goes online to look for information on the He Gets Us campaign. So what Rebecca pointed out and what really caught our attention is You may be a struggling queer youth. You're not out. So 
do we want some closeted LGBTQ youth kid from the middle of the country just contacting any church with this He Gets Us campaign? What do we think some of them might do? What kind of help do you think they might offer him? And I think that one of the things that really caught my attention here is it reminded me of my youth and growing up in a very religious household and going through conversion therapy. And I was thinking about this. There are still a lot of churches that have kind of hid behind the curtain the way in which they operate their conversion, their LGBT gay conversion therapy. And so this is potentially one of the ways in which they're doing this by saying that they're out there to help people. And I think we have to really think about that. You know, so, so Mahatma Gandhi is, is notable for saying, I like your Christ, I don't like your Christians. And I think that's very, very poignant in this scenario. The Jesus that they portray in these these commercials is the type of Jesus that we could all get behind. It, it, he does seem to be the Jesus that opens the door and loves everybody, that wants to help everybody and accepts people for who they are, whether you're the sinner or the saint. One of these commercials actually showed individuals who are immigrants and the struggles that they're going through. And then it reminded everyone that Jesus was an immigrant too. And mm -hmm. I am pretty certain that there's a lot of evangelical Christians, even some that we are familiar with, who are not happy that there are immigrants and would never call Jesus an immigrant. Right. So I just think like, if, if you are a struggling youth and you're like, oh my gosh, I could, th there is somebody who can love me regardless of me being LGBTQ, regardless of me being queer, however I identify, I'm going to call this phone number here, this innocuous phone number and try to connect with this Jesus. And suddenly you're in this funnel that next thing you know, I, the, the, the worst case scenario is suddenly you're find you find yourself in conversion therapy yeah. and you know, not only are you having to deal with the problems that you were dealing with before, but now you're dealing with all of these professionals telling you that you're wrong and they're going to, they're going to beat the Jesus out of you, beat the, or Jesus, beat the gay out of you. Beat the gay out of you and Jesus into you. Yeah. Beat, right. Yeah. Got yeah. it wrong. So we want to thank Rebecca Watson for all of the work and re research that she did. John and I investigated and looked through what Rebecca is doing. We vetted her. We think that what she's doing is a, is a great thing. And we personally are, have contributed to her Patreon account. We will link to her video in the podcast show notes in your podcast player. If you're watching us on YouTube, it'll be linked below as well. And we encourage you to go and watch video as well on this information. She only slightly linked this to, to the LGBT community, but in general is giving a kind of an investigative look at what was behind those commercials. Right. So we've donated to her Patreon. We encourage you to please like and share her video and donate to her Patreon if you find it worthwhile as well. So that's now we know what the, the tool is that they're using to, to fund these causes, but it even gets worse. So you might be asking yourself, how many millionaires and billionaires are out there that can be donating these huge sums of money to these funds? And how many of these funds can there be? Well, there are a lot. Hold your seat. <laughs> it's true that even million millionaires and billionaires only have so much money that they can donate to certain causes. Their caps might be a lot higher than ours, but they do have their caps. But what if the signatory and other donor advice funds received anywhere from $50 to $100 in contributions a month from, let's just say, 1.5 million 
people or so. And, and we chose that number specifically because of one of the organizations that we're going to talk about has a podcast and their podcast has one and a half million weekly listeners. Right. And that, that who are being encouraged to do this. Right. That, that would be Kingdom Advisors who have a faith and finance radio show and podcast. Yeah. So they've got 1.5 million listeners every week who are listening to this show and being encouraged to use their money to their, their, their philosophy is the money is Jesus's money and they're just stewards of the money while they're here on earth. And so they must be using this, this money responsibly. So in theoretically, if they're encouraging their audiences to donate anywhere from like they do person is going into church every week, they're being encouraged to tithe 10% of their money. They're being encouraged to donate anywhere from 50 to a hundred dollars a week or a month these 1.5 million people, that's 75 million to $150 million a month or 900 million to $1.8 billion a year coming from average Joes like you and me. And what's happening here is all of that money is being directed specifically into these donor advised funds for the purpose of fighting against LGBT rights and women's equality. So how is this possible? How does this actually happen? Let's actually look, pull the curtain aside here and find out how this happens. Well, we wanted to, John just introduced you to Kingdom Advisors. What is Kingdom Advisors? Well, according to Kingdom Advisors, this is what their website says. It equips and empowers advisors to carry biblical financial wisdom to their clients, peers, and community. So here is a financial organization that is specifically designed to help you use your money in a biblical way that meets the Bible's requirements of what you're supposed to do with your money. So it helps financial advisors, accountants, investment pros, insurance pros, attorneys, real estate agents, all these individuals, they become certified advisors through kingdom advisors, and they spread the mission of Christian nationalist Jesus. Right. So the LGBTQ community has nothing like this. We don't certify anybody to do anything that helps support the LGBTQ community and our causes. And this is just one gap that we've, we've seen in this research. So one of the benefits of being a certified kingdom advisor is that kingdom advisors will introduce advisors, kingdom advisors, the organization will introduce individual advisors, professionals, whatnot, to carefully selected industry leading resource partners. <laughs> so advisors can offer the resources that align with their clients' values and needs. That sounds what innocuous are, what, are too. Those, what are those values and needs? And you can find all this information yourself if you go to kingdomadvisors.com. One of those resources is the Barnabas Foundation, which according to the Barnabas Foundation's values and principles stated on its website, says, quote, we believe God's plan for human sexuality is to be expressed only within the context of marriage, which is an institution created by God between a man and a woman in accordance with their biblical sex. Biological sex. I'm sorry, biological sex. <laughs> Probably the same thing though in there, yeah, eyes, right? Right. <laughs> So that is the stated mission of the Barnabas Fund. These are one of the resources that Kingdom Advisors, certified Kingdom Advisors, financial advisors, accountants, whatnot, can offer to their clients as a way to align their finances, their charitable giving with their values and their needs. Per CharityNavigator.com, 
the Barnabas Foundation donated $60 million in its most recent fiscal year to support its causes. What causes? Causes that are against. Right. Clearly anything that aligns with ensuring, trying to make it harder for same-sex couples, LGBTQ people to marry, have children, adopt, live and thrive financially and abundantly and happily. Right. Let's go a level deeper again. (laughs) Another, Another resource. Resource. Right. And this resource is where I was I want to specifically draw on this idea of the weapons that are being used against the LGBT community and the fact that our community does not have these weapons. Another resource is the Timothy Plan. Per its website, it supports Ron DeSantis. It avoids investments that support organizations like Planned Parenthood. They openly supported the 2018 Adderholt amendment that says any government receiving federal funds for child welfare services may not punish faith-based adoption agencies such as Bethany Christian Services simply because of their religious beliefs. These are the organizations that are across the country right now saying that it is okay for them to deny adoption by same-sex couples and in some cases, by single individuals that they only adopt to a man and a woman who are married and of a Christian faith. They also openly supported the 2018 SCOTUS Masterpiece Cake Shop decision. A third resource is the National Christian Foundation. They have many, many donors themselves, big and small and otherwise. One of their donators as well is David Green, the founder of Hobby Lobby. Per Sledge.com, National Christian Foundation passed along $56 million from anonymous individuals to nearly two dozen anti-LGBT and anti-Muslim hate groups from 2015 to 2017. Where did those $56 million come from? Hmm. I wonder if they were $50 and $100 monthly investments <laughs> made by individuals who were being told on a podcast to donate to this organization. Also, per sludge.com, by far the biggest recipient of Christian, I'm sorry, National Christian Foundation donations at $49.2 million between 2015 and 2017 is the Alliance Defending Freedom Fund, ADF. Now that is ADF. There is an ADF in here. No wonder I was getting confused. (laughs) ADF is a large network of Christian extremist lawyers who have supported criminalizing homosexuality, sterilizing transgender people, and have claimed that gay men are all pedophiles. So there is $56 million. Right. There is religious money. Or I would say this. There is money being funneled through religious organizations to create a army of individuals who are empowered to take away our rights. Another major... So think about that. They're funneling money, literally, from... We know a lot of good Christians, right? right? We, we, this last year, we've met several people who, who, who are strong, have strong, huge Christian faiths, but they are so loving and supporting LGBTQ people. Without, If they don't do their homework and they have a financial advisor who's a certified kingdom, advi- kingdom financial advisor, and the advisor says, check out this Timothy plan, check out this Barnabas fund, it aligns with your Christian values. And if they don't do their homework to research exactly where is all this money going, Really good Christian people, as well as the very nefarious Christian people, are donating money to the organizations that are taking away the rights of the people that they allegedly love and support, and they don't even know it. 
that's that, that that's to me one of the the mind-boggling things about this is that there could be very good intentioned Christians who have LGBTQ friends and family and love their LGBTQ friends and family and think about them and support them constantly in any way, shape, or form, who may also unknowingly be donating to these funds who are then supporting the lawyers and the the lobbyists who go to Washington and help change laws. This is how there are hundreds of anti-LGBTQ bills at state legislatures across the country, the LGBT community is like, oh my God, how did this happen? This is how it happened. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I think one of the things for us to remember is a lot of us go, well, 70% of this country supports same-sex marriage. How is it that 70% of this country supports same-sex marriage, but we see bills and we see these messaging, this messaging coming through our government telling us that we need to take away these rights. It's because this army has been planning and strategizing and building up resources financially and people-wise for decades. And unfortunately, our community is in the here and now. Now, just let's just talk a little bit more about donor advised funds, because not all donor advised funds are these kinds of donor advised funds. These are very strategic ones. Right. There are a lot of other donor advised funds. Fidelity has the Fidelity Charitable Gift Fund. And that's the largest donor advised fund I believe that's out there. Schwab has the Schwab Charitable Fund, but this fund actually gave $1.27 million to anti-LGBT groups between 2015 and 2017. That's not specifically Schwab saying that, but it is Schwab allowing it. So very often we say when you donate to a cause that you support, you say, don't forget, go to your employer because very often your employer will do a, a company match to that nonprofit, which is great. It, it doubles your contribution to that charity and, and you, you think, wonderful. Well, our colleagues and peers at these same companies are doing the same thing when they, but when they donate to the Timothy plan, the, the Barnabas fund or other donor advised funds or other anti-LGBTQ groups, well, through these organizations, such as the Schwab Charitable Fund, Schwab is simply matching that the way they would for any other employee. Now, they can put in safeguards to make sure that they won't donate to certain causes or in certain organizations, but for whatever reason, either naivete or deliberateness, Schwab Charitable Fund has still donated $1.271 million to NTL's <laughs> over, just, over, just over one and quarter million dollars between 2015 and 2017. And, three years. and then there's there's the Vanguard Charitable Endowment Fund. So the three biggest brokerage, mutual fund, financial services companies out there, they all have these funds. They all allow individuals to do the same thing that these other organized charitable funds are doing. So there are Christian-focused resources that are being offered through Kingdom Advisors, but they are vaguely and sometimes very overtly anti-LGBTQ. Okay. So while we were creating the outline for this episode, I decided one of our problems with LGBTQ media is that we often say that they're focused on the three Ps, politics, pop culture, and the big P, right? Trying to keep this somewhat G-rated. Looks like an an eggplant <laughs> Looks emoji. Like an eggplant. <laughs> and that's all we're focused on. Why? Because they get the clicks, right? They're they're worried about ad revenue. Everybody, all the, especially lots of media today is very very concerned about getting ads, advertising dollars, so they can stay open. That you know, there's a whole podcast and discussion 
but LGBTQ media is super focused on the same thing as you know, New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and all those are, are just trying to get, make money. And they do that by focusing on sex, politics, and pop culture. And usually the pop, the politics is positioned in such a way as to incite fear in us. I got to click that to see what I need to be scared about next, right? Because we always got to be scared, right? That's exactly what, the, what Facebook has been doing to people. And to be clear, I think that this episode is also to incite a little bit of concern and fear in individuals because this is something that our community is completely unaware of. Oblivious to. So I went to out.com. Right now, they're very, very concerned whether or not Lucas, K- Lucas Gage and Chris Appleton are dating. I don't know who they are and why that matters to anybody, but that is the top, that was the top story when I, we created this outline. Advocate.com. They thought it was the most important thing to cover of the day was that monogamous couples can actually be happily non-monogamous couples, and they provide advice on how to do that. That sounds very important. NBC Out was concerned about a Kentucky bill that would ban drag shows in certain areas. And that seems fair. I mean, that's definitely something that we, we should all be aware of and know about. But our concern is that what did they do? What information did, uh, did NBC Out provide? How are they trying to help to make sure that bills don't get to the Kentucky floor? Right. What are we doing before it's time to be scared? Right. We got to fight. We have to have the army working to make sure the bills actually never get there. When we approached NBC out about featuring the findings from the Motley Fool Debt Free Guys LGBTQ plus money study, they were not interested. They actually said it would not be of interest to our our readers. Right. So I, that's fine. I mean, they, they don't have to do everything that we that we pitch them. It's just we felt like that was the findings. A lot of the findings from that study was important for the community to know, so that we can then use that information to improve our financial security and turn things around for ourselves. As we talk about a lot, yeah, we talk about personal finance on the Criminy Podcast with a rainbow twist, and sometimes we do listicles that are fun, and we talk about fun ways to invest your money. But the underlying purpose of the Queer Money Podcast is because we believe that in order to build a stronger queer community than we have today, we need to have stronger LGBTQ individuals. And that requires financially stronger LGBTQ individuals. The stronger we are as individuals, the stronger we are as a community, and the more time, money, and resources that we have, that we can replicate this model from individual investors to Kingdom Advisors types networks for the LGBTQ plus community to donor advice funds that are pushing back against the the laws and the changes that these anti-LGBTQ donor advice funds are trying to push for. Right. And you may say that, that, well, don't we already have this in place? Well, as I mentioned earlier, there are some donor advice funds that focus on LGBT causes, and there are a lot of foundations and endowments that focus on LGBT causes. The reality is, is that the vast majority of these are pass-throughs. Basically, that means money is donated and almost immediately is funneled into the community, whether that's helping individuals, homeless youth to individuals living with HIV, AIDS. Lots of scholarships. or Yeah, lots of scholarships. All of these good things to do. But what's happening is our community is missing out on this opportunity to actually use our investments that grow over time to build up that war chest so that we can have the army of individuals, coalition, the coalition of individuals that will allow us to be out there in front of and proposing the bills that would allow and protect our freedoms. So how should we respond? Well, we think 
that we need an LGBTQ plus donor advised fund that is a lot more robust, one that is out there creating this kind of coalition. But we also need the organization of individuals that will be front running that the financial advisors. There are literally thousands of LGBTQ financial advisors in this country, and they don't have these kinds of tools to be recommending to their clients. So and they're not even partnered, collaborated, you know, put together in a group this way, right? Where they're they're all working together for the same mission. I mean, the, the Kingdom Advisors has thousands and thousands of advisors all with the same mission. We don't have that in our community. No, we don't. We don't have that. There, there's not a network of them to of, of, of LGBTQ financial advisors to collaborate and commiserate and to talk strategies and then to spread that consistent message to the LGBTQ clients that they have that they're managing. Yeah, and even before that, who is encouraging our community when it comes to our personal finances, a financial strategy? so that we can actually grow wealth to the point where we can give away our money to these kinds of organizations. I'm going to bring up a name that a lot of people are familiar with, but one of the front runners for all of this is Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey funnels individuals directly into the Methodist church. He goes to churches and talks to people. That's actually how he grew so big is that he would go and talk to people in churches. We don't have a church for indiv for individuals, those of us in the per personal finance community, to go to, to talk about this. He literally has been to thousands of churches, encouraging individuals to use the resources, resources, as we mentioned before, to help them get on track financially, all with the purpose of then directing them to places like the Timothy Plan, the Barnabas Fund, Kingdom Advisors. And yes, he does recommend Kingdom Advisors. So <laughs> what are we going to do? How are we going to change this? Stay tuned for your Queer Money Takeaway. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you for listening to another episode. Here's your criminy takeaway. The three Ps are fun, titillating, and distracting, but we can't afford to be perpetually distracted. If you've gotten to this point in this episode and you're frustrated and angry, thank you. You clearly got it. Please do us a solid and share this episode with your LGBTQ plus and LGBTQ plus supportive friends and family. Then join us this Thursday when we share the most affordable, most gay-friendly city in West Virginia. And next Tuesday, when we talk about how to use I-bonds as part of your investment strategy with special guest Kate Dorr of CNBC. Thank you and have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.